Hey, before we get into today's episode, guess what? We have been podcasting for four years now. Four years. Mind blown. Here's the deal. Don't go back all the way to the beginning because it's embarrassing for me, okay? I mean, the content is great and it will help you. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Of course, you can go back and binge through it all. But if you have been listening to the podcast, I have a question and a favor to ask. As we celebrate four years, would you leave us a review here on Apple Podcast or head on over to our Google page and I'll link it in the notes below and leave us a review. Whether you listen to the podcast or you have done our sleep training classes, whatever it is, I would love to hear your stories and I would love to see what's going on in your family and hear about it. So please leave us a review in the Apple podcast here or head to g.page slash little z sleep and leave us a review on Google because that would mean the world. Thank you so much, most of all, for being here over the four years. Maybe you are just jumping in today. Get ready because we have a lot that you can binge. But if you've been listening for four years or any time in between that, I just really want to thank you and appreciate you. So let's get into the episode today. Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where we make getting sleep help easy. Today, we are going to chat through room sharing. If you are a parent who is room sharing with your baby, maybe you're in a position that you A, want to do this, or B, you have to do this. So we're going to go through both of those options today. Now, Before we get into this meat of the episode, let's review the American Academy of Pediatrics suggestions. So their suggestions are that you room share up to six months, if you can, up to 12 months of age with your baby. Here's the thing. That is a suggestion, not a rule. No one is going to come after you and say, excuse me, you're not room sharing with your six-month-old. You're doing it wrong. These are suggestions, not mandates. So I need you to know there are many different types of parents out there. You may be a parent who feels like you must abide by the rules. And if that's you, I'm here to tell you that that's not a rule. That's a suggestion. As you can tell in the tone of my voice, I believe it's up to you as the parent to decide when you would like to room share or when you would like to not room share anymore. So just putting that out there as we get started, there are American Academy of Pediatric guidelines and suggestions, but that's not the rule book and you should do what is best for you and your family. Over the years, I have had families who from literally day one, they come home and they were like, no, I need my baby in his or her own space. Okay. We can't share. (laughs) And then I've had parents who say like, I want to keep my baby as close as possible for as long as possible. And I get that. So either way you do you because that's, what's best for your family. But I just wanted to share that before we get into any of the how to's. All right. Second little bit of housekeeping that I have to do. There are distinctions when it comes to the word room sharing, co-sleeping and bed sharing. All of these are different as you can probably guess by that last term, bed sharing. Here at Little Z's, I do not promote bed sharing. I have had parents email me and say, Becca, I wish you would talk about safe bed sharing. Well, that's not my sleep philosophy. And if you would like to discuss safe bed sharing, there are platforms that discuss that. Because if you are going to bed share, then you cannot have pillows, blankets, 
sheets, nothing. I don't advocate for bed sharing. Again, there are sleep philosophies that do, and that is wonderful if that's what works for you. So please find those resources that will safely educate you on that. So bed sharing is one philosophy. I don't advocate for that. The next philosophy that are kind of one and the same can be room sharing and or co-sleeping. So co-sleeping could honestly go either way. It could go, some people say co-sleeping and they mean bed sharing. Sometimes when co-sleeping is used, it means that you're sharing a room. You're, you're co-sleeping in a shared space, if that makes sense. So just be careful when you're using those terms, co-sleeping or room sharing, because your audience may be finding that those are two different terms. I would prefer to use the term room sharing because it's very clear the fact that you're not bed sharing, you're just sharing a room. All right. So we're all caught up on the terms. We're all caught up on what the AAP recommends. Let's get into successful room sharing. Imagine I come into your room and I'm looking around. What am I going to observe first? Well, my eyes, Becca's eyeballs, will go straight to wherever your child is sleeping. So let's check out their crib space first. As I look at your child's crib space, I am going to note the distance from your side of the bed. This is important because you as the one, I'm just going to assume you as the one listening to this podcast about room sharing are likely the one who is the most involved in the child's sleep at night. So if you're in a space that is rather tiny and you don't have a lot of options here, I'm going to ask that for successful room sharing, really after about eight weeks old, because I understand those early weeks, you want to be as close as possible. But as your little one grows, you are not going to sleep as well because they're going to hear all your moves and they're going to hear all of I forgot what I just said. You're going to hear all of the all of your little noises and all of the moves everybody knows. You're going to hear the baby's grunts and cries and all that. So, do yourself a favor. Take your child's crib and move it to the opposite side of the room. This will instantly help you sleep more peacefully and more soundly. Even if your child has been sleeping all night, just a few feet away from you, I guarantee you that you have been waking up because you hear the move around. And sometimes with our supersonic hearing as parents, we hear it all. And then you wake up, you're like, the baby's about to wake up. And they're like, no, they're just turning onto their stomach. Like they're fine. So here's the thing. Move them further away from you. That's my like tip number one. If you have a baby that you need to share a space with, please move them away from you so you can have more sound sleep and also they can have more sound sleep. Let's also check out what type of crib they are in. If they are in a mini crib or a pack and play, do you know what I'm about to recommend? My favorite the slumber pod. Okay. So after I check out your child's bed, I'm going to look at the darkness. And if we can, if your child is in a mini crib or a pack and play, I would highly suggest the slumber pod for permanent room sharing situations, not just hotel rooms or travel or things like that. But when you are room sharing together at home, this is a great option because you can put your child into the mini crib or into the pack and play zip up the slumber pod. And then when it's time for you to maybe get ready for bed, you can have your lights on. You could sit in bed and read a book or read on your phone or scroll on your phone or watch a movie, like whatever you wanted to do, you could do it because they can't see the light. And that is my, we could just end here and be like, that's it. That's my last recommendation. Not really. I have more, but slumber pod, always my go-to. Remember, we do have a $20 off promo code for you. I love this company so much. I have been connecting with them basically, actually, for the last four years, since the inception of this podcast, I've been friends with SlumberPod, and they are a wonderful company. So make sure you use code LittleZSleep 
if you are going to grab you one. Okay, so child space is, sleeping space is not right next to your head. The darkness, if we can get a slumber pod. If not, then there's a lot of other darkening options we can go for. Indo Windows is going to be the top of the line dark out solution. Um, the next option could be the sleep out curtains. These are a new product available on the market. They um, suction cup to the window, so they're not worrying about any residue or anything like that. Then you're going to find blackout easy covers and, of course, your traditional blackout blinds and blackout curtains. But it is important because while you can read a clock and you can wake up at 2 a.m. and know, oh, it's 2 a.m., I'm going to go back to sleep. A baby can't. So if there is a street light coming in or it's early in the morning and the sun is peeking through the window, you know it's it's early. It's maybe, you know, wee hours of the morning, but you're going to go back to sleep. But the baby doesn't know that. They just see sunlight. And our eyeballs register sunlight even through closed eyelids and can tell the child it's time to wake up. So the darker the room, the better the sleep. So crib, placement, check. Darkness, check. White noise. This is the next thing I want to look at. Now, when we have a white noise um, in your child's room, and or in your room, it's the same level, the same volume that I'm going to be advocating for, which is 50 decibels. That's the loudest. And please check your sound machine manufacturer, but majority of them are going to say 50 decibels. And the most important thing for you to remember here is that it needs to register 50 decibels or below from the child's crib space, okay? Not from like putting your phone right next to the sound machine using a free decibel reader app. So download a few free decibel reader apps, turn the sound machine on, and then place the phone and the app that's running over in the child's crib space. And that's how you'll know, okay, can I turn it up or down or where do I need to be? You definitely want to make sure that the sound machine is no closer than three feet, okay? So we want to have a three-foot radius around the child's sleeping space that there's no white noise. But I would recommend if you are room sharing, then test out your room space, okay? So walk around your room, and if there are certain places, there's like maybe a path that you know, okay, I come in through this door and I go into the bathroom over there, and maybe the bathroom door squeaks, well, let's get some WD-40 and fix that because we can solve that. But if the floor squeaks, that's obviously the bigger one that is harder to solve. So put your white noise where the squeaky floor is and over in a place where you know, okay, I'm going to be walking past that place right there. Let's put the sound machine in this general vicinity so that it can block the sound of the squeaky floor or it can block the sound as we nor as we naturally just get ready for bed. Any of the above will work wonderfully. Okay. So we've got the basic set up, the crib, we've got the darkness, we've got the white noise. Now that our environment is looking top-notch, let's talk about actually responding to your child in the nighttime when you are room sharing, because I understand this is a lot more difficult when you are literally right there, and if they can see you as well, which is why I advocate for the slumber pod. But if you are in a position where the child is waking up at nighttime and you are in the room, then we can 
implement sleep training, okay? So this is a time where we're not talking about newborns. We're talking about four-month-olds and up. If you have a four-month-old and up who is waking multiple times throughout the night and sleep is not a thing for anyone, you can sleep train and room share very successfully. The only difference that I would add, and I do review this in my sleep class as well, so don't feel like you have to memorize this and write it all down, but if that's happening and you are ready to sleep train, but you've got to room share because there's no other option, I would actually ask for you as the caregiver, as the parent, to move out of the room just for a few nights as you begin the sleep training because the beginning two to three nights are the hardest. And it is going to be a lot easier for you to stop the plan and to stop being consistent if you're like, oh, whatever, I'm just right here. I'll just stop and we'll just try it again the next day. And then you just get into that rut. So my biggest suggestion is if you are room sharing and yes, you're going to sleep train, yes, it will work. Just if you can move to the couch for a few nights or an air mattress in the living room or a guest room, any, any kind of situation, that is always a wonderful idea. But if you're not sleep training and maybe you're in a time where, like me, actually, we have two daughters, Ellie and Hattie. You you know that if you've been listening. Um, But my youngest, Hattie, she lived in a closet right beside our room for eight months of her life while we figured out where we wanted to move and where we wanted to have a house and all that stuff. So we were living with my parents and she was in a closet right next to us. I'm going to just let you know right now a ventilated closet. This is an excellent idea. <laughs> if you are sleep training or you are room sharing and you're, or you're doing both, all of the above, if you have the option, if you have a walk-in closet, if that's a possibility to put the pack and play or the crib in the closet, great. Do it. Your child will not know that because they're babies. They will not know that they're sleeping in a closet. Hattie was my happiest baby, and she slept in a closet for eight months of her life. And she, I don't even think she really knows that, and she's now five and a half. So here's the thing. When you have an option like that, and it kind of creates an extra space, it almost just mentally in your head, it's so nice to just close the door and be like, okay, this is my own area now. Like, I don't have to worry about having the the crib, the pack and play right beside me. So a closet is a great option. And what I like about this as well is that it makes it easier in the nighttime when your little one wakes up. You're not right there. But obviously, if you are, if a closet is not an option and maybe you're you're trying to find a solution tonight, here's what I would advocate for. First of all, go get our free baby course. Okay. I have a free course that's called solving your baby's night wakings. Go get that. Okay. We'll put the link in the descriptions. And one of the points I'm going to ask you to do is to wait. Let's just talk real quick about partial arousals. So babies are notorious for having wakings throughout the night, but some of those wakings They're not fully alert and awake. They're not waiting for you to do something. They are actually cycling in and out of their sleep. And have you ever noticed that this almost happens every hour and a half throughout the night? You feel like you hear your baby every hour and a half. Well, there's a reason for that. That's because it's how long a sleep cycle is. So it's very normal that once they emerge out of one sleep cycle to go into the next, they may make a noise. They may cry out. They may make some grunts. And oftentimes parents like, ah, instantly go over there and put the passy back in or pat them back to sleep or pick them up to feed them when in reality, they weren't even awake fully in the first place. So part of my steps to helping you solve night wakings is I'm asking you to just pause. Just pause. Don't go over there instantly. Just wait and see. Are they really awake 
or are they not? Because so often they will just go back to sleep because they were never actually fully awake in the first place. So sometimes you need that encouragement, don't you? Like you're room sharing. And so you feel like you have to be on. You feel like you're always on. You're on during the day. You're on during the night. And you've always got to respond. But this is me giving you permission that pausing and waiting sometimes is extremely valuable. Now, to get more insight on that, scroll down in the show notes or just go to littlezsleep.com slash the number four, four steps. The number four, four steps, littlezsleep.com slash four steps and grab your entire free course on four steps to solve your baby's night wakings. That's waiting for you. Overall, you need to know that you can successfully room share. You can. It's not complicated. It is definitely something you can do. And it is your decision on when you are ready to end that journey for your family. So be encouraged today that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, make the decision that you believe is best for your family. We're equipping you here and hopefully we're making your journey to sleep a whole lot simpler. Thank you guys so much for being here and especially over the last four years. If you have not, leave us a Google review or a podcast review. Either one, we will fully welcome. Thank you guys for being here. Sweet dreams. See you next time.